Hello, parishioners. Welcome to Sunday School Bonanza, where we go over gospel doctrine and help you get better prepared so that you can have a better experience as you go to church. We're always excited to be here with you and hope that this will be useful for you and whoever else might join you in listening to it. Now, I'm joined this week by a very special man, a man who manages a website that we are big fans of over at the This Week in Mormons family. It's called Leading LDS, where you can learn about good ideas for leadership in the church, which is great, and it's run by the man, Kurt Frankum, right here. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That was a wonderful introduction. Bishop Kurt Frankum. I thought we had agreed that you would introduce me as like the head of ancient scriptures at BYU or something, just to give me some credibility on, on the Sunday School Bonanza. Oh, I thought about oh, Captain, my captain. But <laughs> all right, well, it'll have to do. Yeah, I, I run leading LDS. At least I try to. So leading LDS is a great site, and it's very cleanly, like nicely designed. I like your aesthetic, your style of it. It's it's a good, straightforward website. It's not muddled down with nonsense like right. like this week in Mormons. It's got a lot of just straightforward, good content. It's true. Yeah, go. Visit so we hope you. So you should all check that out. You can find him on Twitter, Facebook, all that jazz. So. Yep. Uh, Make sure you do that. This week's lesson, everybody. Lesson number 28 in the uh, Church History and uh, Doctrine and Covenants Manual. It's called, Oh God, Where Art Thou? We're dealing with some really heady stuff this week, but it's some of, in my opinion, some of the most potent passages in the Doctrine and Covenants. Sections 121, 122, and 123 for the most part. Yeah, you know, this is the, to me, this, like, section 121 is like the go-to scripture when it comes to adversity. Like, if you have a yeah. friend or someone that approached you, it's like, this you everybody can relate to this and and i've really felt that adversity is like the most most relatable thing in in our in our race like it could even be argued that every that everybody in the world's felt happiness but everybody in the world has felt adversity i feel like and so this is like it's true this is the go-to topic and it's fun to talk about because um everybody has a story everybody has an experience where adversity's just caught, caught them off guard and they've needed some additional help from above and and it's great yeah. to see joseph smith experience something like that yeah and that's what i love you see here that even the prophet with his testimony with everything he's been through is still fallible and weak like a human and i think the lesson there is that we are that's not wrong of us to experience adversity to perhaps experience doubt and frustration even with our relationship with the lord at times it's just how we work through that and what we come to understand and that's why these passages we'll go through are so valuable because I think they teach us incredible lessons on how we can approach adversity. And so uh, for a little bit of background, of course, you know, the Saints were in Missouri at this time, hanging out in Jackson County. They moved to Clay County. They're all bouncing around the, the northwest Missouri area. Uh, and they had a lot of problems. And then after the Hans Mill incident, which happened on October 30th of uh, 1838, um, this happened, of course, a bunch of men killed about 17 men and boys. And the next day, Joseph Smith was brought up on false charges, and he and his associates were imprisoned, uh, eventually in Liberty Jail, after being marched off to a few other places before that. Now, for those who don't know Liberty Jail, tiny little place, harsh conditions. They were in a basement where they couldn't even stand up to their full height. And, uh, you know, unsanitary, cold, etc., etc. And, uh, Kurt, how long, how long was it total that they were there? I think uh, about five months, four to At five months. At least five months, I think, yeah, because yeah, this happened around October, and I don't think they left until, I don't know, but it was at least something like March, April or so of the next year when they left. So Yeah, you know, that time frame, it's interesting to, to really think about that, because I remember I had a sister-in-law on a mission, and obviously with missions, you go through a phase, it's just, it's your own liberty jail, in my opinion, but... 
um, you know, she was struggling, and, and it's one of these things where we read this verse, and it's like, okay, Joseph Smith was going through our time, he prayed, and then the Lord visited him with this, with this uh, amazing revelation. And in reality, most of the time they were there, it was just like day to day, like nothing was happening. And yeah. so I think as we go through trials, that's important as people, you know, maybe go to a bishop and say, why, why isn't he answering me or whatever? It's like, well, you know, he didn't necessarily jump out and answer Joseph right away either. He, he kind of let the time go by until finally that, that amazing revelation came. Yeah, and he used it as an incredible yeah, period for instruction for Joseph. And I love those first verses right? when he says, Oh God, where art thou? And where is the pavilion that covereth thy hiding place? Um, you talk about despair in that sense. And he goes on these initial verses in section 121 just talking about remembering the suffering of his own saints. Like, why are why have we been abandoned? And it's only when you get, like you said, to these later verses, uh, the replies are amazing, I think, from the Lord that comes out. It talks about how uh, thine affliction shall be but a small moment. You know, God shall triumph. These lengthy verses that you can read all throughout section 121. Yeah. It's like poetry. That, it's awesome. It really is. It talks about like, hey, Joseph, you are my son. Bear with this. I am aware of your afflictions. I am aware of the needs of my people. But if you can weather this storm, thine enemies will be cast asunder. Things will go your way eventually. And it's an incredible promise. And um, because of that, and I love the way it just kind of snowballs into section 122 and 123, because the Lord doesn't just stop with 121 and say, everything's going to be okay. Uh, then he uses section 122 sort of as a, uh, as a great instruction about the Savior's role in all of this. Yeah, and that's that's a crucial doctrine to understand as you're going through adversity that this is where the atonement comes into play, where the atonement's not just for sin, it's for adversity as well, and that the Savior has a perfect understanding of, of what we're experiencing and going through. And in the uh, in the lesson, it, it references Elder Maxwell, and I'm actually reading his biography right now, and cool. he is... He is the apostle that, you know, the the adversity apostle where he wrote so many books about adversity and so forth. Um, and, uh, you know, and then went through quite adversity as he was going through leukemia at the end of his life and overcame it for, for a time and then, yeah, and then finally succumbed to it. But um, it, most recently, uh, the, the CES fireside that Elder Bednar gave recently uh, was just fantastic. And he referenced Elder, Elder Maxwell, who was the apostle that, uh, you know, once he died, the Elder Bednar filled his spot. And he references, uh, jumping around in Doctrine and Covenants, uh, Doctrine and Covenants 1918, this is where the Savior talks about his atonement. Um, it says, uh, or this is an Elder Maxwell quote, it says, mm -hmm. next as we confront our own lesser trials and tribulations, we too can plead with the Father, just as Jesus did, that we might not shrink, meaning to retreat or to recoil. Not shrinking is much more important than surviving. Moreover, partaking of a bitter cup without becoming bitter is likewise part of the emulation of Jesus. And to me, this has always been in my mind where, you know, you go through life and you almost, you get to a point where, as, as Latter-day Saints, you almost expect adversity and, and you don't know how, how grave it's going to be or how big or life-changing. And... You know, I, I kind of want to get to the point where I don't necessarily mind what that adversity is, but I just hope I don't shrink or or conclude that God has forgotten me or conclude that, uh, oh, well, maybe this gospel isn't true because this would never happen if, if we had a graceful God, you know. And so it's that concept of not shrinking 
that the Savior taught us so so well that he he took it on. He he wasn't necessarily overly you know comfortable or excited about it as he you know asked to for the cup to be removed, but nonetheless he didn't shrink and he he, he did it willingly. So yeah, I feel wasn't there a conference talk this past uh, April conference? Someone referenced that Elder Maxwell quote. I, feel, I don't remember who it was. Mm. This rings a bell that, that we might not shrink before the Lord. And it's funny, you talk about Elder Maxwell, and I feel like nowadays, our current leader who really talks about adversity a lot is uh, President Iring, who has yeah. numerous wonderful talks about adversity. He has the talk that's called, Oh God, Where is Thy Pavilion? That was from yeah. about, uh, was that October last year, I think, October 2012. Uh, also, one of my favorite talks by him was April 2009, called Adversity. I encourage everyone to look it up. We will post it on the This Week in Mormons page with this post. Uh, I'll link to it. Terrific talk that I feel is like gives so much perspective to what adversity, its purpose, how we can get through it, etc., uh, etc. And I love that this same lesson goes to Joseph Smith. I mean, what's the first thing he says? You know, art thou greater than he? He hath, he hath descended below all things. Art thou greater than he? That's a great lesson that, hey, Christ has done all this so he can understand us. When it says that he is condescended, that means he's come down. He's, he's come to understand man. And Christ has done all of this for us. And of course, we're not greater than Christ. Christ suffered far more than we ever did. Christ right. experienced more adversity than we ever will. And uh, I've always taken 122 as that great kind of reminder to myself that, hey, no matter how bad I have it, yeah, heavenly, I'm with you, but remember that there are those who have it a lot worse and yeah. those who have done a lot more who have gone before you. Yeah. And I think that perspective is also important. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, 122 is great. And then it, let's talk about some of those purposes of adversity. I think one of the main ones we've talked about, of course, adversity comes into our lives to try us uh, and to prove us to see whether we will abide in his covenant. We see a lot of that. There's many sections here, but 98, 101, 136. I'll talk about these things. Uh, there's a great elder uh, Holland. Has sp I've heard him give this sort of tale or this metaphor, whatever we want to call it, analogy, many times uh, before when he's given talks at state conferences and the like. And he talks about not jumping out of the boat. You might have heard this before, Kurt, yeah. mm -hmm. where, where you know he mentions like, if you're in the middle of a storm, in the sea the best place you can be is the boat and yet we have a tendency as humans to to mess up when we hit hard times when in all reality shouldn't we like not jump out of the boat and i think it's a great metaphor and he simply said don't jump out of the boat and if we could all remember that and the things that we do when we hit adversity that's the time we need to be stronger not the time that we need to uh you know to shy away from the lord it's a, it's a huge problem and a temptation because satan wants us to feel weaker and, and unable to, and not up to the task. But uh, if we can galvanize ourselves to, to hit it, that'll be great. Um, also, we learned in section 101 that some adversity is a result of our transgressions. And I think we talked about that a few lessons ago here on Sunday School Bonanza when the saints were driven to and fro so much, especially in Missouri, when the Lord actually said to them, basically, part of this is because you've forgotten me and you've forgotten the covenant that you made with me. And so I've sort of let up on my protection of you, and that's why people are coming at you, which is a stark reminder, I think, about uh, how we need to be. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, just uh, the one thing that stands out to me, and I was trying to find that quote uh, I read in actually in Elder Maxwell's biography. Um, uh -huh. He, uh, I forget who it is, but I'll have to get it to you. But he basically said that if, if suffering was simply to... Um, you know, to make everybody happy, or if suffering was required, um, um, 
to make everybody better, whatever it is, then everybody in the world would be would be better, you know. And mm-hmm. so, it, where there's a side of adversity that is for the sanctification. And uh, I remember uh, serving as bishop, and and this sister had lost one of her one of her children. It was just this heart wrenching experience. And yeah. and she turned to me and and she said, "Is the Lord doing this because because He's punishing me?" And I just had this this moment of of exactly what I was supposed to say, <clears throat> and, and I said, "No, he's doing it because he wants to sanctify you and make you more like him." And a, a, an eternal father who has you know sacrificed his own son is totally understands that. So, anyways, that's a great story. Yeah. I can't even relate to that. I've never, but uh, <laughs> but it's exactly true. The Lord wants to sanctify us, and I think um, you know there are tons of things we can talk about. But of course, yeah, what's our counsel to us? as we experience adversity. And we see a lot of these great things. We need to be patient in our afflictions. Section 98 tells us to rejoice and give thanks, which is very hard to do. But uh, I love it when I've, I've been at testimony meetings that people get up and say, recently I've been praying that that I could experience trials. And I'm like, dude, you're out of your mind. I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, but I appreciate come. Give it time. <laughs> but I appreciate Yeah, exactly. I'm like, it's going to happen to you. You don't need to try to exacerbate it. But teach their own. But I also admire the mindset a bit of someone who can openly say, I know I can learn from the Lord allowing me to struggle. And so I'm okay with it and I welcome it. And that's an important attitude to have. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't know if there's a ton more straight up content in this lesson. A lot of scripture references here. So we hope we'll link to the lesson as well so you can read through it. And, uh, but key sections, of course, section 121, 122. I think 98 is a pretty good one to read as well. I don't know if, Kurt, if you have any other citations of note that you would like to share. You know, I think class. we've covered it. Um, you know, there's some great quotes uh, by Elder Romney in here. and um, But, yeah, I mean, there's at the very the end President of the lesson. Romney. Yeah, President, President Romney. Should be present. Yeah, I guess he was Elder Mitt. Mary G. Romney at the time. Mitt, oh, you mean Marion? I thought you meant Mitt Romney was helping us. So. <laughs> no, no, he's. Uh, I don't even know who that is anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, we'd love to hear from you about how you feel about adversity, what you've learned. Uh, we definitely. I think this is a great topic and one of those ones that if we can master our relationship with it and with the Lord, it'll benefit us immeasurably. Of, of all, think of all the things in the gospel, this is probably, in my opinion, one of those top five things to better understand and to study. Absolutely. And to get. That's my opinion. Uh, so, uh, Kurt, we thank you for joining us. Once again, please find him and all his good content over at Leading LDS, where he can help you learn lessons in leadership within the church. And leadership, I want to say, correct me if I'm wrong, because you run the website, Kurt, but uh, <laughs> I feel like it's a reasonably big tent. We think leadership, and we only think of elders, quorum presidents, relief society presidents, bishops. But I think that you go to a website like this and you'll learn that leadership can be attained and demonstrated in any capacity in the church. And that's the point of our service. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I try and portray on Leading LDS is this isn't just a a handbook site for bishops or elders, quorum presidents, relief society presidents. This is everybody, whatever calling you are, you can be a leader and, and influence lives regardless of, you know, you don't have to wait around for the calling to do that. So. There we go. So we hope you'll go there and find that. And of course, please find us at thisweekinmormons.com. Shoot us an email, contact at thisweekinmormons.com and find us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube. You can find us there. And of course, on Stitcher Radio, all those good things. And, and mostly subscribe on iTunes and give the gift of Twim to your family. So, uh, Kurt, we thank you for joining us this week. It's good to be here. Real pleasure to have you here, folks. This has been Lesson 28, Oh God, Where Art Thou? Doctrine and Covenants 121, 122. 
and other things. And this has been Sunday School Bonanza, a This Week in Mormons production, and we hope that you have a terrific Sunday. Bye-bye.